to take off to the 10. He makes a nice move and is going to score. Riley going deep like he did against Winnipeg. And he's got the Duke. Jaquiel Williams is going to score. Touchdown at the 10. It is week three in the Canadian Football League. This is CFL Weekly. I'm Andy McNamara. And you're listening across the TSN Radio Network, Canada-wide, baby. We're delivered by Domino's. Grab a medium four-topping pizza for only $9.99. If you're hungrier, no worries. Make it a large for just $3 more. Check out all the deals for carryout and delivery at dominoes.ca. Boy, do we got a show today, folks. We got a show for you. I go behind the helmet with Ricky Ray, Toronto Argonauts quarterback out with the neck injury. Now, I recorded this with Ricky before last week's game. So we get to know Ricky and get his motivation to why he came back this year. And it's very interesting and telling. And, of course, we send our thoughts and prayers to Ricky Ray. Glad he's out of hospital, my goodness, and is able to move any everything. But a lengthy absence is expected for Ricky Ray. Also in the show, Matthew Shinetti from TSN. He was at the Toronto game where Ray got injured, but also had very interesting information in regards to Trevor Harris of the Ottawa Red Blacks, their quarterback, in his off-season training. We'll talk with Shinetti about that, as well as Vernon Adams, being signed back to the Montreal Alouettes. Can the Owls do anything to break out of their offensive and really just overall funk? They are terrible. And then Scott Cullen from TSN.ca, power rankings, and some CFL fantasy tips for you. So great big show. But let's get to the news and notes with three downs, beginning with... First down. A special talent right from the get-go. And, uh, I mean, he works hard. He comes in here. He, he wants to learn. He has Matt right by, the side, right by his side every step of the way. So, I mean, he, he's a bright kid. And at the same time, he's athletic. And he has all the tools to be a great quarterback. So, I'm, I'm not surprised one bit. That is Nick Dembski of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers talking about quarterback Stone Cold Chris Strebler. Chris Strebler. Phenomenal. My goodness. We wondered if it was a fluke. And this guy, he, he, is, he is cool, he's calculated, comes in, South Dakota State, not even ranked. You guys know I love my NFL draft. Not even ranked, not even a write-up done on Chris Strebler. No one even took the time to write a sentence about him even being an NFL possibility. All the guy does is come in and ball out. Last week was good. Was it a fluke? No, it was against Montreal. All right, 56-10. Montreal, as we just said, is not very good. 246 yards, three touchdowns. Oh, and he's also rushed for the most yards in a single game in the CFL this season with 98 and ran in a score as well. Chris Strebler has been absolutely phenomenal. His heart star, his hot start continues. Yes, a ding indeed. Chris Cuthbert and Glenn Suter chatted after that Bombers game about how great he's been. Well, if there was any concern about Matt Nichols going down and who would be able to replace him, Chris Strebler probably answered it last week, but he emphatically made it clear the Bombers can win games without Matt Nichols. He was spectacular in week two, chalking up his first win. Yeah, I'm going to give some credit here to Paul Lapolis and, and building a game plan that suited this young quarterback well. He's just 23 years old and in his second start in the Canadian Football League. That's young, that's inexperienced. But he allowed him to get settled in early with some running game. Then he went to some intermediate passes. And then later in the game, Strebler started to look down the field a little bit further. Also went to a trick play where Darvin Adams on a double pass hit Andrew Harris in the end zone. 
Strebler finishes 22 of 28, so he's almost at 80% completion percentage, 246, three touchdown passes again, so in back-to-back -back games, he now has six touchdown passes. This young kid just continues to trend in the right direction. Oh, yeah, and also the best rushing game so far this year with 98 yards, so fantasy points over 37, wow. which they tell wow. me is off the charts, so <laughs> good for him. It was the first time the Bombers had scored more than 50 points since 2000. That was a tight win over Montreal, 51-46. This was not a tight game for the Alouettes, and the alarm bells may be going off here. Well, well, they are. I mean, they really have some building blocks here. They did a nice job in the offseason of, of trying to fix their defense, got a couple of corners, a couple all-star corners, Enoch Mwamba in the middle, but they were on the field all game long here tonight. The question in Montreal, and the one they're going to have to answer, is who's going to be their winning quarterback? Who's going to be the guy that can start to rack up some wins at that quarterback position. Drew Willie is struggling. Didn't get much help. Wasn't just his fault. But man, that's that's the question in Montreal. Quarterback. Now 13 consecutive losses for the Alouettes. They are trounced in their home opener 56-10 by the Blue Bombers. Chris Cuthbert and Glenn Suter about Chris Strebler. We'll get into that a little bit more later on. And by the way, he, Cuthbert brought the fantasy points. Yeah, we told you last week on CFL Weekly start Chris Strebler and We'll chat with Scott Conn a little bit later on to see if you should do it again. Now, get very serious here with Ricky Ray and that nasty neck injury. Went to hospital, was mobilized, and the update was good. Jim Pop, GM of the Toronto Argonauts, chatted with TSN's Farhan Lalji about an update with Ricky Ray. You know, it was a very awkward play uh, the other night that... Um uh, resulted in Ricky injuring his neck, um, but it was just an awkward, uh, you know, unfortunate hit that doesn't occur a lot, but, uh, you know, in, in football, but, you know, when you have some of these awkward hits, then, then you may have a sustained injury. But, uh, Ricky has, uh, uh, injury to his neck. Um, you know, what I can tell you from what I know at this stage are still tests that are, uh, he's been through a gamut of tests. Um, he's finally home. Um, Finally, back with his family, but um, going through a very thorough process, which is going to be reviewed. It's already been reviewed by specialists. It will be a second opinion specialist. But the yeah, good thing we can tell you, there's no there's no spinal cord injury whatsoever, uh, or with the, the spinal cord. I mean, with the spinal column, but um, which is great. So he'll make a hundred percent recovery. And uh, but it's an injury significant enough that's going to keep him out for a period of time. Jim, you know that Ricky has done everything there is to do in this game with the number of Grey Cups he's won and where he stands on the all-time passing list. Coming into this season, it was no guarantee that he was going to play. You went out and got James Franklin. Ricky decides to return, you know, when he could have walked away a champion. With all the circumstances and now the injury, uh, do you fear that even if he's healthy enough to return, that maybe we've seen the last of Ricky Ray? Well, he's the only one who can answer that. I have no idea. Um, you know, Farhan, I mean, as you were saying, he'll always be a champion, whether he played one or five more years, uh, whether he wins another championship again or, or whether he wins five more. But at the end of it, that's a decision he has to make with his family. Um, you know, if, if he misses a good chunk of this season, if that's, if that's what turns out, then, uh, you know, he, 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 you know, again, that's his decision. He may want to come back and not go out that way. He may decide, you know what, um, 
you know, and, and he's the only one that knows this. I, I wasn't going to play more than a year anyway. Uh, you know, what's the point in returning? Uh, no one knows that. I mean, that that until all these test results are back, any of that type of thought process or, or if it were to happen would be shocking. Argos GM Jim Pop with Farhan Lalji out there in Vancouver. Also to note, Zach Caleros put on the six-game injured list after he was removed from last week's game. Head injury, concussion protocol. He has been put on the six-game injured list. So that was second down. Now. Third down. Ansel with protection throws and touchdown. Alex Green. Mark it down, Johnny Manziel's first Canadian Football League touchdown pass comes here in Montreal in the preseason. Folks, I wanted to go a week without talking about Johnny. I really did. I really did. But you can't because of the injuries. You have Ricky Ray go down, Jermaine Franklin, and... McLeod, Bethel, Thompson, the man with three last names in Toronto. With the Riders, Brandon Bridge, who I like a lot. Alumni behind the helmet guest here on the show last season. But is he ready? Is it time for Johnny Manziel trade rumors to start? Well, TSN's Dave Naylor and Davis Sanchez spoke about that. Johnny Manziel has not played a regular season down for the Hamilton Tiger Cats because Jeremiah Mazzoli is playing the best football of his career. Two significant injuries to starting quarterbacks this week. Could you see a trade fit for Manziel with either the Saskatchewan Rough Riders or Toronto Argonauts, Davis? So Mark Trespin or Chris Jones, uh, to put it mildly, Dave, two completely different personalities in these two men. I played for both of them. I actually think Chris Jones might enjoy the circus that Johnny Manziel brings. I don't think Mark Trespin wants that circus in his locker room. He's also Mark Tressman extremely loyal to the guys he has there. Now, if you look at, at the offseason of Saskatchewan, they went and signed Zach Coleros, and they had Brandon Bridge on the roster. So I don't know if necessarily Chris Jones is settled with who he has at quarterback. Well, of course, the Hamilton Tiger Cats are not anxious to trade Johnny Manziel. They've been so patient through this whole thing, through him being on their negotiation list, through the negotiation that took place over the winter, and him coming to training camp, buying in and being patient as a backup under June Jones. June Jones their head coach believes in a two-quarterback system. We've seen early this season it takes one hit to change the direction of a CFL team season at quarterback. I think they're going to stick with both quarterbacks in the course of the year. Maybe a trade sometime in the offseason. JM8 was player of the week in the CFL and JM2, they're very happy with what he's doing in practice. I don't see either of those guys moving either, Dave. Uh, the Ticats sit uh, very pretty at the quarterback position right now. Dave Naylor, David Sanchez, I'm with them. I think Johnny is staying put. And you say Jeremiah Mazzoli, one of the three performers of the week from around the CFL. The other two, also quarterbacks, Bo Levi Mitchell with a sick 90% completion, 90%. And Chris Strebler, who we already talked about. We'll get more into the quarterbacks a little bit later on. Uh, and actually, we're going to go to it next after the break with Matthew Shinetti from TSN about Trevor Harris, who don't overlook Trevor Harris, folks, with the Red Blacks. And also, he was there in Toronto when Ricky Ray went injured. We'll also go over the Montreal Alouettes. A lot more coming up here on CFL Weekly. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. There you go. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. We're delivered 
by Domino's. Grab yourself a medium four-topping pizza, folks. Just $9.99. Hungrier than that? Make it a large for just $3 more. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. And you can vote on our Twitter poll as well, at AndyMC81. Heading into week three of the CFL season, who is your highest-rated quarterback? Is it Bo Levi Mitchell, Mike Riley, Jeremiah Masoli, or Chris Streveler? We bring in our next guest, TSN's Matthew Shinetti. does such a great job covering the league for TSN. Matty, how's it going, buddy? Andy, how are you, my friend? Good to talk to you. Oh, good to talk to you too. First, let's get your vote on the uh, the Twitter poll. Uh, the the one that kind of is the uh, one of these things is not like the others is Chris Stre- Chris Strebler in there. How would you vote? Who's your highest rated QB so far through the year? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I still, despite his, uh, despite what happened against Hamilton last week, I would still give it to Mike Riley. I mean. Yeah. The way he can effortlessly switch the field, uh, mm-hmm. the way he reads defenses, the way he can uh, connect with his receivers. I mean, just watching that pass to Duke Williams um, to tie the game at 7-7 in the first quarter really, I think, showed that he has the strongest arm in the CFL. And one thing about Riley that I think we all appreciate now is just how well he can read defenses. Mm-hmm. and. Um, that's why we look at a, a performance like he had against Hamilton around the 200 yard range, and we're kind of raising an eyebrow. So, uh, but how could you not also give an honorable mention to Jeremiah Masoli? That's now good dating back to last October, seven straight games with over 300 yards passing. The I believe the 62 year record is nine consecutive games with 300 yards passing. Uh, set by Sam Echeverry and I think tied by Ken Austin in 1991. So uh, Jeremiah Masoli is really proving right now that uh, uh, there is no need for Johnny Football. We won't <laughs> talk about Johnny Football. It's right now for me, it's Mike Riley number one and uh, Jeremiah Masoli a close second. There you go. And Matt, I wanted to, to have you on in part because during the Ottawa-Saskatchewan game last week on Thursday that kicked off week two, uh, I, I thought your your uh, analysis of Trevor Harris and, and breaking down what he did this offseason was fascinating and how he modeled himself after a certain star NFL quarterback. And I wanted to have you on in part to, to tell those who might have missed the broadcast because when you put the film side by side with Harris and this certain QB, it looks very similar. Can you tell that story? Yeah, the fact is, uh, over the last, uh, Trevor Harris is now uh, in his seventh season and he has done a tremendous amount to keep building his game year over year. We talk so much psychologically about Trevor Harrison, maybe his struggles late in the year, but they're looking at his uh, his mechanics right now, his offensive coordinator, Jamie Elizondo, and over the offseason, he, cha- he challenged uh, Trevor to look at the f- uh, film of Drew Brees, and not so much um, Brees, given the fact that Brees is much shorter than Trevor Harris, but just how he drops back, how solid his base is, how wide his, how wide his stance is when he's coming out of three or his five-step drop, and then his release point and how stable he is when he's letting go of the football. So at this point, I think, and the fact that Trevor is so obsessive in his execution of what his coach wants and in his own research and his own development, uh, you could see that, particularly in some of the passes he had last week, being able to, to really pull the ball, push the ball downfield, really um, pull apart uh, Saskatchewan secondary. At the end of the day, though, as much as Trevor mechanics-wise is does get better and better, um, and really, if you take a look at the numbers, despite the fact that he was uh, kind of sharing duties, sharing duties, excuse me, with Henry Burris a few years ago, the fact remains that he is one of the highest-rated quarterbacks in terms of 
interception to touchdown ratio. But if you can't win in October, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, that, that's true. And this season is going to go a long way to prove, is Trevor Harris finally ready to take that next step and join that elite group, as we mentioned, Bo Levi Mitchell and Mike Riley. He certainly has the tools to do it, and studying a guy like, like Drew Brees certainly helps. Now, Matt, you are also in Toronto for that very scary Ricky Ray injury where his head got sandwiched in the neck and he was mobilized and, and taken back. Tell us, Take us through what you saw on the field and, and just kind of the reaction of the, of the players and everybody around it when that injury occurred. We often forget that football, whether it's CFL, NFL, youth sport, NCAA, it's a collision sport. Yeah. And uh, these are big human beings running at high velocity and essentially trying to hit each other and stop each other on the field. And they wear hard plastic pads and they wear helmets. And sometimes just the variables of contact, you bend a certain way, your head catches a knee, you duck down too too early or too late. And that's what happened with Ricky Ray. And it's unfortunate because Ricky had done so much um, over the last couple of years. And, you know, that's what made his, his Grey Cup win in Ottawa last year really so uh, captivating. It's because he had worked so hard through so many injuries, concussions, shoulder problems, knee issues. And many people felt, and I included in them, that why would you come back mm-hmm. after breaking the record for the most great cups won by a starting quarterback? And his answer to me, not 24 hours before the game against the, the game against the Calgary Stampeders was, quite simply, I love the process. I love being around the guys. And it's scary when that happens because you everything is equalized and everything you realize just how human everybody is when they, when that contact happens. And every single player on that field has felt some connection to Ricky Ray in that moment. And I have received countless texts, countless messages from players asking me how Ricky is. It's encouraging to see that there isn't any major damage, any extensive damage. Obviously, he went through the protocol. The Toronto Western Hospital is known internationally for its uh, concussion treatment and its study of neuroscience. But what I think we should all really take into account is the fact that he is going to miss a significant time. And I'm not going to put words or thoughts in Ricky Ray's head because who wants to be very much um, placed on a spinal board for as long as Ray was waiting for the ambulance at BMO Field, uh, which is another issue that um, I can tell you the league is looking into. But the fact remains, you have to wonder if you're in that situation, given everything Ricky's achieved, given his age, given his injury history, if you don't start considering your options. Mm-hmm. He is a family man, has two daughters, uh, lives in California in the offseason, makes a trip up here. And as much as I know, as he said to me 24 hours previous, that he loves the CFL, loves competing. I imagine uh, in the coming days and weeks, Ricky Ray might be evaluating whether or not uh, he wants to continue. He has nothing left to prove. And if and if he were, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying this with any inside knowledge or information, but if he were to consider his options and say, you know, perhaps I've, I've done all I can do and I don't need to do any more in football, uh, I don't think anyone would begrudge him that. No, not at all. And at this, as you said, at this age, this stage in his life and career, why risk it? So we'll, we'll wait and see if he comes back this year or not at all. In conversation with Matthew Shinetti, TSN CFL reporter on Twitter, at TSN Shinetti. Now, Matt, another QB news. The QBs are all over the place. They're winning performers of the week. And the Montreal Alouettes are bringing back Vernon Adams Jr., a guy who a couple of years ago was on their roster, had some success, then bounced around a little bit, was released from the Ticats. A guy uh, smaller, fast, dual threat, certainly, 
Matt, what do you think? Like, the Owls have to do something. That offense is baffling to me because, okay, Drew Willie's not performing, but if you just look at the offensive pieces, you have pieces there. It just seems like you need a guy to get it to them. I, I, I really start to question the rationale of Paul Whittenhall and that ownership group in yeah. Montreal who continue to think that going south of the border is going to be um, their cure-all to everything. I understand that Mark Trussman back almost 10 years ago led the Owls in what was another significant uh, time in their history. But we've seen Dan Hawkins fail. We've seen Tom Higgins fail. And we're seeing Mike Sherman struggle. Um, and to see them struggle, and this is with all due respect to Chris Strebler, but to see them struggle against a rookie who played mm-hmm. um, Division II NCAA football and is only his second start as a professional in the Canadian Football League speaks to, I think, struggles that uh, Mike Sherman, the head coach, is having. And you have to feel for guys like John Bowman. You have to feel for guys like Terrell Sutton. You have to feel for guys like Chip Cox and uh, that the fact that they really uh, are, as you as you rightly say, very, very, very talented players. And you look at someone like Ernest Jackson, who goes from winning the Grey Cup in 2016 to seemingly being an ineffective weapon on uh, – on that Alouette team, and you see that defense, and you begin to wonder um, for yourself, uh, where, where do you go from here? How do you build? And 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 is is do you have to start almost start over again and, and mm. move away from Cavis Reed? I mean, uh, ultimately, whether Mike Sherman succeeds or not, everything will will, will land on Cavis Reed. Uh, he didn't succeed in this position when he was in Edmonton, and again, he's proving that uh, it might be a little too much for him in Montreal. Well, we'll uh, if they keep like this, we'll see Vernon Adams Jr. sooner rather than later under center. Uh, Matt, which games are you covering this weekend? Uh, I will be in Hamilton with the Ticats against the Blue Bombers, and that will be Friday Night Football. And as you were mentioning off the top, it'll be interesting to see Chris Strebler yeah. uh, go into Hamilton. Uh, but again, you know, watching Jeremiah Masoli throw uh, such really crisp passes to Brandon Banks, who's again showing his toughness and and his speed and his dependability as a receiver. Luke Tasker, Terrence Tolliver, Mercer Timmons, Mercer Timmons uh, running back. Uh, say nothing for the fact that Delvin Bro came back uh, from the NFL. I, I really, really think that these Ticats could, could end up impressing. Uh, I think our perspective may have changed a little bit in week two. The, the Argos, especially now with Ricky Ray, um, out of the picture for a s- sustained amount of time. Uh, it'll be question marks around their quarterback position, whether or not it's James Franklin or McLeod Bethel-Thompson. But you look at the performances of both the Ottawa Red Blacks offensively, what they did to Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who have their own issues at quarterback with Zach Caleros and, and seemingly concussion issues again. And then, of course, um, you see how uh, well that Masoli played, as I already mentioned, in Edmonton. Uh, maybe perhaps the East this season will not struggle as, as much as we've seen in years past. Matt, great stuff as always, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time. Good night, Andy. Take care. All right. That is Matthew Shinetti, one of the best in the business. Love that guy. At TSN Shinetti. As you said, you can catch him on TSN Friday Night Football. We're going to take the break and then come back with your CFL fantasy tips. If you listen to myself and Scott Collin last week, you're up in your standings in your CFL fantasy pool. If you did not, then you're not. Also, some power rankings and a behind the helmet from earlier with Ricky Ray. All coming up on CFL Weekly. You now have 
become the first CFL quarterback in history to come straight out of college and throw three touchdown passes in your first two starts. How does that sit with you? I don't really care about any of that. Um, I'm just, I'm just happy about the win. Um, you know, we, we, we play to win, and so, you know, it doesn't matter whatever the score is. You win by one or you win by more than one. You know, that, that's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about touchdown passes. We spread the ball around a lot here, and uh, we have a lot of great players. I call him Stone Cold. Chris Strebler, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Lighting it up on the ground through the air was a CFL fantasy darling as we return to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. On Instagram at AndyMCSports. If you miss any of the show, you can get it on the CFL Weekly show page on your local TSN radio station or get the links on Twitter and Instagram there. And folks, we're delivered by Domino's, as you know. Check out all the great carryout and delivery deals at Domino's.ca. On the line now, TSN.ca, Scott Collins. Scotty, how are you? I'm good, Andy. How are you tonight? I'm good. Did you like that opening? Little little well, glass break? <laughs> yeah, and, and I like I, I like that uh, Chris Trevler is not paying attention to his fantasy numbers. Is he out of his mind? Come on! I know. I understand what's important here, man. I know. Listen, Scott. If he dropped, and that's the bottom line at the end of that interview, I was going to freak out. I would have bought Trevler jersey that night. I'm telling you. Uh, but he, he seems more poised. He is stone cold, Scotty. And yes, we have to remember it was against the Montreal Alouettes. They're the, the, the AL. They, they, they fix you if you're, you're broken. But those numbers were crazy. And we advised last week at that value buy to go get yourself some Chris Trevler. And Scotty, again, this week he is just over $6,000. Now, it's not Montreal. It's Hamilton. Do you advise from a value perspective again? To go Strevler over, let's say, a Mike Riley, who is at $14,000. Well, I would say in relative to Mike Riley at 14000 sure, I, I would take Strevler. But I think, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm going to be wary about anybody um, after they've played Montreal. Yes. You can get caught up in it, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm afraid, you're, you know, you're going to put these huge numbers against Montreal and go, oh, wow, isn't he great? And then you'll go play a real CFL team. <laughs> And, and see that maybe, maybe life isn't quite so easy. Yeah. Now look, I mean, Strebler's thrown, like I said, three, like it said off the top there, three touchdown passes in each of his first two games. Like, there's productivity there, and he can run, and, and so there's lots of uh, upside. And, and at the price, you, know, you can certainly justify taking another run at Chris Strebler this week. Uh, the quarterback who I like is, is Bo Levi Mitchell. I was going to go there, Scott. You know, yeah. coming, coming off of last oh. week when he was twenty of twenty-two against the Argos. <laughs> And he's just a little over eight thousand. I mean, like as much as I'm, I'm, I beat the drum for Mike Riley a lot. But I mean, at fourteen thousand for Mike Riley, I'll take Bo Levi at eight thousand every every week. Oh yeah, and Scotty, we were wondering. Okay, it was a slow week one. How would mm-hmm. Bo Levi respond? He was over the injuries. Would he be able to come back and join, rejoin the elite level of quarterback? And like Scott, a ninety percent completion percentage. That's sick. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. And you know he's. He's got, I mean, like I think with Eric Rodgers back too. That yeah, you know, he's got he's got a, a, a possible premier receiver, um, you know. And there are other, obviously other other options for him, uh, you know, Devaris Daniels and Mark and Michelle and Kamar Jordan. Like they've, he's got other guys, but Eric Rodgers, I think, is is the guy who has like a real chance to be, you know, the guy who's up there among the league leaders by by the time the year is over. And so. Um, but I mean, we talked about it last year, and we talked about it even last week. Is that if Bo Levi is healthy, um, you might get a different player this year, and uh, that's 
I, I think if, if you're looking in, in fantasy terms, that that's also you know his price is still has to be based somewhat on what last year's production was, right? And so I, I think there's an opportunity that if you're um, you know early on in the season that you have a chance to get value on Bo Levi Mitchell that that if you know, if he happens to keep playing well, you're you're not going to be able to get such a bargain as the season goes on. Yeah, and that might be a nice little pairing, right? If you went Bo Levi and Eric Rogers, now you're going to have to make sacrifices elsewhere, perhaps. But that might be a nice tandem. Also, Sky, not to toot our own horn, but I will. Uh, we went, we went with Don Jackson last week at running back. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh my! Yeah, not bad. A, well, and, and and because he's been such a bargain price wise, right? Like that's uh, and he still is thirty five hundred bucks yeah, for a starter. Well, you know, it, it, <laughs> I was going to say it, it's taken the. Uh, it's taking the game a while to come around on Don Jackson. I understand he's only played two, two games, so that's uh, um, you know that that's part of the reason. But he's also averaging ten yards a carry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, yes, we're talking small samples, but twenty-one carries for two hundred ten yards. Um, you know, I, I think uh, it, you you can certainly do just fine on Don Jackson at thirty-five hundred. That that frees up a lot of uh, money to spend elsewhere for sure. And when we're looking at defenses, at this point, Scotty, is it as simple as just roll against whoever is playing Montreal? Is that, like, like honestly, that, is that really? That seems fair, yeah. I mean, that, and, and so this week that would be Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And, um, I, yeah, I think that's the easiest way to go is to, to pick whoever's against Montreal. I, I think anything else, you're, you're still running the risk of, of running into a competent quarterback. Maybe, <laughs> and, you know, and... <laughs> And, and that's that's really not a concern right now when you're when you're facing Montreal and um, you know I I think we'll, we'll see what happens in in future weeks uh, mm. what's going on with the Toronto Argonauts um, well but you know they, but they have, they have a week to kind of regroup and and uh, get themselves together but uh, without Ricky Ray the Toronto Argonauts may be another team to pick against when you're when you're going for defenses and it'll be interesting to track two fantasy wise if well. I'll say when Vernon Adams gets back in the yeah. lineup because if Drew Willie keeps playing like that, he's going to be gone. Because you add in that dual threat element, he has had some limited success in Montreal previously. That could be somebody with the weapons. Because Scotty, he does have. There are offensive weapons on that team. There's Cunningham. There's Jackson. Like you have people oh, yeah, yeah. who can make plays. It's just, uh, it's just not working. Yeah. Well, and Chris Williams, like the, you Chris know, Williams, like the, of course, serious speaker, yeah. right? Like. Um, Yes, you think that if you get a quarterback who who can get the ball to these guys, that you know they, they could be better than what they've been. Well, I mean, certainly they have to be better than what they've been. It's going to be a miserable season if it goes if it goes this way for for eighteen games. But um, yeah, like and Adams, you know, we're you know putting the cart ahead of the horse here a little bit. But when the time comes, you, you have to presume he's going to be relatively uh, inexpensive. Sure. Um, in those early starts with Montreal. And so, yeah, just sort of t- tuck that away as um, an idea that w- when the time comes that he he might provide some value. Um, because uh, you're right, Andy. Like, they, they've got some options there, guys who have been productive in the league, that if you give them a quarterback who can, you know, give them the ball and, and let them let them do some things in the open field, like Chris Williams and Ernest Jackson, B.J. Cunningham, all those guys can um, can put up some numbers for you. In conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca on Twitter, at TSN Scott Cullen, talking some CFL fantasy. Now, speaking of a, a quarterback who isn't able to take advantage of his weapons, what does Zach Caleros being out mean to the Rough Riders? Now, Brandon Bridge last year certainly flashed. I'm a Brandon Bridge guy. I think he can develop into an upper-level quarterback at some point. Certainly, Montreal should help that process, mm-hmm. but 
the, the tricky part always is when you get a new quarterback in, even one that's been around the team, it, it kind of throws in your head, which receivers is he going to go to? Who should I rely on? And that brings into doubt, okay, am I leaning Naaman Roosevelt? Do I just stay away from Rough Riders' offense this week? Well, this is a tough one because, I mean, they're going against Montreal. You yeah. Don't avoid, you don't want to avoid them all together. No, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, that's, it, is, it is a bit of a, a tough call with, with Brandon Bridget quarterback instead of Caleros. Um, like, and I, I know so, so far through the first couple of weeks, Caleb Hawley is the, is the leading receiver for, for Saskatchewan. But, I mean, Roosevelt seems to, I mean, he's their, their number one guy. He just right. he's had kind of two uninspiring performances so far. He has 56 yards receiving in two games, which, um, you know, that, that's really at the low end of what, what you'd expect. And, and so, I mean, maybe that, that helps keep his price relatively uh, modest uh, at this point. But I, I think if, if you're going to go grab a, a Rough Riders receiver, I'm still going to uh, try Roosevelt and, and hope that he finally – uh, pulls it together because he he's the one who has the track record and um, you know, as long as they're playing Jerron Carter on defense, you kind of yeah. you kind of have to count that Roosevelt <laughs> is their uh, best quality receiver. And of course, Carter gets a pick six, so I'm sure he'll he'll remain there. Uh, <laughs> Scotty, wanted to touch on your power rankings as well. Up now on TSN.ca, Calgary leapfrogs Edmonton to take top spot with that dominant effort, and you, you wrote in there about Don Jackson and uh, and all that, and the Red Blacks jumping up a few spots, really being inactive and moving up to the third spot. Uh, when you, you look at outside of uh, the, the Montreal Alouettes, who's, who do you think is, is trending in the right direction when it comes to going into Week 3? Could it be the Ticats? Could it be the Blue Bombers? Well, certainly the Blue Bombers are, are moving in the right direction. Like, you know, my hesitance on the Blue Bombers coming into the season was a lot, a lot to do with uh, them having an unknown uh, commodity at quarterback for, uh, to start the year. You know, and not not that his first game, not that Chris Trevor's first game was amazing, but it was okay. Mm-hmm. And then his second game was great. Now, granted, against the Alouettes, but <laughs> at this point. You know, you would kind of feel a little bit more comfortable, I think, or at least I, I feel a little bit more comfortable with, um, with the Blue Bombers having at least a competent uh, CFL quarterback. I mean, we'll, we'll see what uh, what game number three brings for, for Straveler, but I, I think, uh, you know, you, you can look at the Blue Bombers with a little bit more optimism, certainly, than I had uh, for them going into the first week of the season. I also think Hamilton, um, you know, they they looked pretty good at Edmonton last week. And, and Jeremiah Mazzoli, um, you know, he's he's put up, uh, some pretty big passing numbers. Um, going back to the end of last season, he, he finished with five straight 300-yard um, passing games. There's two more to open this season. You know, like he, he, they kind of they, they moved the ball pretty pretty well in Week One against Calgary. They just didn't score. Right. You know, they ended up with 14 points, and that you know that's not enough to win. But but you know they turned around and um, put up more than 500 yards at Edmonton in Week Two and. You know, and score thirty-eight points, and, and so yeah, Hamilton, I, de- I definitely think is uh, moving in the right direction. But uh, a lot of this, you know, when, uh, when we talk about the, the teams like we talk about uh, Calgary and Edmonton at the top, because they have these kind of tried and true quarterbacks that you can count on week after week. Um, teams, teams like Hamilton and Winnipeg, um, you know, the, their quarterbacks are, are on another tier where we're kind of waiting to see. You know, can they keep doing it week after yes. week? And so, you know, I think Masoli, like I say, you know, finished last season pretty strong, and so he's kind of moving in that right direction. But we'll see whether he and Strebler can kind of, you know, 
keep carrying their teams in, in, in an upward trajectory. Yeah, it'll be a fun week three. Scotty, thank you so much as always, man. Anytime. Thanks, Andy. All right. Scott Collin from TSN.ca, a must-follow on Twitter for hockey, CFL, NFL, baseball, uh, everything. TSN.ca, at TSN Scott Collin. Also, BC Lions back in action. They were at the sixth spot in Cully's uh, power rankings there. Again, Jonathan Jennings, such an interesting story. Can he rebound after that bad 2017 season? His only game was a win against those Alouettes, so we'll see what he can do against a real team with the Edmonton Eskimos. After the break, my behind the helmet with Ricky Ray and also game picks for Week 3. Up next on CFL Weekly. CFL Weekly here across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. We're delivered by Domino's. And you can grab a medium four-topping pizza for only $9.99. Make it a large for just $3 more. Don't forget for dessert, try that irresistible marbled cookie brownie. A must-try. Check it all out at Domino's.ca. So last week heading into the game, I had a chance to chat with Ricky Ray. Because Ricky Ray's one of those guys with the Toronto Argos. He's a legend, one of the best all time, but n- people don't know a lot about him. He's very, very quiet, very close to the vest with his, his information. So I wanted to try to, for fans' sake, to get to know Ricky Ray a little bit. And with that injury, with us not knowing if he's going to come back at all, I thought this would be a good time to play that and really get to know and appreciate what Ricky Ray was able to do. So here's my conversation with Ricky Ray from a little bit earlier. Joining me now in behind the helmet, quarterback for the Toronto Argonauts, Ricky Ray. Ricky, how's it going, man? I'm good. We want to get to know you a little bit better. That's the point of behind the helmet. And for all your accomplishments, you, you've multiple Grey Cups, passing records. We don't necessarily know a lot about Ricky Ray, the guy. What makes him tick, what he likes to do. So let's, let's solve that for all the CFL fans out there. When you're not studying game tape, you're relaxing, you're, you're, you're not thinking about football, what do you like to do? Is it TV? Is it movies? Is it books? What, what do you do? <laughs> um, I like to, to think of myself as um, kind of a, an outdoor athlete, I guess, um, if I could name myself something. I, I like being outside. I like doing athletic stuff, um, you know, golfing. Um, I did uh, some trail running this, this spring. Um, just out on the trails, getting to see some of the country and, and getting a good workout in, uh, just running around, um, fishing, you know, hiking, um, anything outside, man, I'm game for. So, um, when I do definitely get free time, that's, that's what I try and try and get out and do. Get out and enjoy nature. Now you mentioned golf. Uh, what are you, what are you shooting? What's the handicap? Yeah. Um, right now, uh, I don't know. I haven't kept my hand kept in a couple of years. <laughs> um, the lowest I ever got it, got it to was, was down to a six. So, okay. um, you know, that's, that's about, about as good as I got it. And then it just started going back up. Um, I do really enjoy golfing. I don't get to golf as much. Um, you got two young kids at home, so I'm not golfing like, uh, you know, pre kids, um, <laughs> where I'd get out, you know, in the off season, you know, at least, you know, once or twice a week playing. Um, and then during the season, I mean, I still played a handful of times, but um, now uh, those, those times are a little bit more limited, but I, I really, really enjoy the game. So if you could golf and play on any course in the world, you can pick it. Blank check, you're going. Where would you, where would you go? 
Uh, Augusta National. Nice. I think that would be the, yeah. the place. Um, you know, just seeing the Masters play there every year. Um, you know, that's that's probably the one course I, I wish I could get to play. Probably because I know I, I'll never be able to play there. I mean, Pebble Beach, <laughs> you know, being from California, um, I think it's probably not top because I, I know I can go do that. I can pay and go do that. But uh, Augusta National um, would be the one because uh, I, I know I can't just pay to get on there. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, do you have a golfer that? You, do you have a golfer you follow? Are you a Tiger guy? Are you a Phil guy? I, I am. I mean, I'm, I'm a Tiger guy. I mean, I grew up. You know, basically, I picked up golf right right when I was coming out of uh, right when I got into college, into university. So right about the time Tiger was, you know, hitting the scene there, yeah. um, you know, playing his best golf around 2000, and uh, so I, I definitely loved you know watching him dominate. I'm not really an underdog guy. I like watching guys um, who have consistency and kind of go out there and, and you know, are, are the, the top guy, you know, kind of dominating. So I definitely am, am a big Tiger fan. That's right. You see the best play at their best, right? Exactly. Now, Ricky, you're, you're going into this season. Uh, you're going to be 39 in October, and – I got like it, I find it funny when people say, "All right, well, why doesn't he hang it up? Why is he he's accomplished everything, but nobody knows like what's what's inside you, what keeps you motivated?" So from from all that, from all that you've done, from people saying, "Hey, yeah, Ricky, get get out of here. You've done it all." Why do you keep coming back? What makes you keep going after you have done so much? Yeah, I mean, I I, I mean, I feel like I still have a lot a lot to do. I mean, um, you know, I've been been lucky to play in some great cups and, and obviously win those. I mean, those are you know going to be the biggest memories I have. Um, you know, playing on those championship teams and you know the guys that you have in the locker room and that feeling of you know holding the cup. Um, you know, those are going to be the ones that last the longest. But I don't know. I just I just have that desire to to work at something and try and get better at something and you know try and be my best out there and and then you know obviously enjoy the journey and the, and the process that you go through, um, as a team. And I mean, there's, there's, it's hard to explain to fans. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing like that feeling in the locker room after you win a game and you know, all the guys are celebrating. And, um, you know, that, that's what was last year for us. I mean, we had so, such a great finish to the season last year and uh, to, to be able to win a, win a championship with those guys. I mean, it was probably one of the most enjoyable seasons I've been a part of playing a long time and I think yeah I think it was just having another shot to come back and, and you know do it again now Ricky you mentioned you were a young father and we'll we'll uh cap this as the the last one here so fam, dream family vacation again we'll, we'll take the fantasy route you, you got two young kids if you can pick up and go anywhere <laughs> after the season MLSC is paying your ticket and, and you know for, for the fam to go off where would you go anywhere in the world yeah, um, you know, we we haven't been to Europe yet. I mean, we've mm-hmm. we've done Hawaii as a family, Disneyland, we've done all that stuff. Um, I'd like to go over maybe like Barcelona, Spain, cool. and Italy, um, and see some of that. I mean, to be able to take my kids and show them, you know, like the Colosseum and some of those old yeah. old buildings and, and the history, and uh, just kind of show them a different part of the world. And, and for myself to experience it um, too would would just be awesome. Um, I think that's what it's all about, you know, with with kids is just trying to get them out and show them a lot of different things and um you know that would be a you know top of the line trip for me excellent well ricky really appreciate you taking the time good luck this season and hey who knows how many more times you'll be hoisting the cup right 
Yep, <laughs> trying to do it again, for sure. Absolutely. Thanks, Ricky. All right, thanks a lot. That was Ricky Ray, my conversation with him last week before the neck injury. I thought that was a good way to get to know and appreciate Ricky Ray and really bring out a little bit of his, his personality and get to know the guy that's done so much for the game and has been so good. Great to hear again that he is at home, out of hospital, and recovering. Uh, and we'll have to see if, if Ricky Ray will ever be back on a CFL field. Want to get to a Twitter poll update here at AndyMC81. Remember, folks, if you missed any of the show, go to your local TSN radio station show page and go into the shows section and you'll find CFL Weekly there or I'll post the link at AndyMC81 on Twitter or Instagram at AndyMCSports. Our Twitter question was, heading into week three of the CFL season, who is your highest rated quarterback? That's our Domino's Canada show poll question. Is it Bo Levi Mitchell, Mike Riley, Jeremiah Masoli, or Chris Strebler. The poll so far, Bo Levi Mitchell. The Stamps running away with it at 44%. Then it's Jeremiah Masoli at 26%, Mike Riley at 21%, and Chris Strebler at 9%. I would still put Mike Riley ahead of Jeremiah Masoli for sure. Bo Levi, I love that we saw him being able to step up and take that step forward that we wanted to see really coming from last year where he was banged up and and we wanted to see Bo Levi back because it really comes down to to me when both are healthy between Mitchell and Riley as one two and Jeremiah Masoli he is making a conversation out of it for sure I still don't believe he can do it on an ongoing basis but he's proven me wrong he was a performer of the week he put up 300-plus yards again and won in, a, in Edmonton. You walked into Edmonton and did that. That's a statement game for the Ticats and for Masoli. So the question was going to be, how does he perform when expectations are on him, when you have Johnny Manziel breathing down his neck? So far, Masoli is showing up and showing out. And he's going to have another chance to do it this week. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, Chris Strebler, hey, Montreal's one thing. BC Lions with uh, Jonathan Jennings is going to have the same conversation in that week one. He looked good beating the Owls. What does he do when he goes up against a real complete team like the Eskimos? So Jonathan Jennings is another one who wants to get back to that next step. How is he going to be able to do it in Edmonton against an Eskimos team? That is going to be PO'd. That's going to be Friday night football on TSN. That's the second game of the doubleheader. I'm going to go Eskies. I don't see the Edmonton Eskimos. Injuries aside, I still think that they're way too good to lose two in a row. Now, you're without Johnny Adams. Uh, you have some injuries on defense. But still, that team is going to be able to, I, I think, get over the hump. But for Jonathan Jennings, I hope he at least performs well and doesn't fall back and go into a bit of a, a shell shock. Now, week three starts Thursday on TSN. Ottawa-Calgary. This should be a lot of fun. I was hoping for this type of game with Caleros and Bo Levi last week, but Caleros got injured with Saskatchewan, but Harris and Levi, two guys who can sling it. I'll take the Stamps at home in a shootout. A couple 40-burgers I think we're going to pop out there. Very close game. Uh, Winnipeg-Hamilton. You know what? I think Masoli and the Ticats at home in the home opener will edge it. I hope Strevler keeps doing well, though. That's a fun story. Went over uh, Edmonton over BC and then Saskatchewan. 
buries the Alouettes. No shocker there. Brandon Bridge, is he going to use his legs more? Is the running game going to have more of an impact? Can he throw and not turn the ball over? That's going to go a long way in his progression. So that'll do it for another week of CFL Weekly. For producer Sean Lavery and Keith Bauer, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Enjoy the games, folks.